This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So I'm going to do a little bit um, of a different kind of a talk today. I've been teaching a number of um, the ministerial classes. They're called spiritual education and enrichment classes. And one that I've taught many times that I probably is my favorite to teach is history of new thought. And I got inspired um, I'm, I'm teaching that right now, and it inspired me for this talk. So there was a lot going on in our country in the mid to late 1800s and early 1900s. At that time, though the technology would seem pretty primitive to us, it was actually a time of sort of unbelievable breakthrough and, and almost renaissance. The telegraph was invented in 1837. Telephone in 1876. In, in 1859, Charles Darwin started publishing his really revolutionary works on biology and ecology and evolution. Electricity in American homes began in the 1890s. Gasoline-powered combustion engines and the first automobiles were, were coming to fruition around this time. And the Industrial Revolution really took off in the U.S. in 1876. And in 1901, the very first transcontinental radio broadcast was sent. Now, at the same time that all of those incredible scientific and tech breakthroughs were happening, medicine and medical care in the United States was, was total quackery. Anybody could hang a shingle and consider themselves a physician, and a lot of people did. Uh, and that most people had a deep fear of actually winding up in a hospital because the, the death and complication rates were so high. Now add to this mix that at that time, Christianity, which had been brought in first by um, the Spanish conquerors and then added to by the Puritans and whatnot as folks came in, it had become basically the dominant mainstream religion across the country. And in the 1800s, there was rapid growth in the Baptist, Methodist, Protestant denominations. And this was also the time that Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness um, movements kind of came onto the scene. Then in 1865, Congress passed the 13th Amendment abolishing slavery. I think it's really hard to adequately imagine the social upheaval that that absolutely essential and moral and existential decision brought about, and the amount of tension and change that was afoot in this country. Those were really politically charged times, and there was a lot of um, tension around the separation of church and state. All of this led to a really profound evolution of consciousness that bubbled up in pockets all across our nation, kind of individual of one another. Now, it's interesting that we had a healing event in this building last night because one of the things that started happening was people were like, man, medicine around here is not working. I, I think I got a better chance healing myself applying my power of mind to my physical healing, that movement really gained ground during this time. Uh, and the other thing that was happening is 
As new science was coming on the scene, more and more people started learning of this science and, and realizing it did not gel with the dogma that they were getting from mainstream religion. And there was a lot of questioning that was going on in those, those two areas. That is really what led to the birth of the New Thought Movement, of which unity is a part. And Nico, can you pop that slide up? I hope this will show well. One of, the, one of my current um, students in the class I'm teaching discovered this diagram and uh, sent it over. And I want to say thank you to him. If we can, there we are. That's pretty hard to see. But I'm going to talk you through it. <laughs> if you go all the way up to the top, the little green boxes, says the teachings of Jesus, and then over here on the right, it, it says, says pre-history pre, um, wisdom. Coming down through, all of these people that you see in here are, are credited with having a foundational role in the development of the New Thought movement. And, and what was interesting about this time is this was happening in, in separate pockets. It was happening on the East Coast, on the West Coast, and in the Midwest, which is where Unity really got, got traction going. There was something that happened that began bubbling up. Now, over time, these people started hearing about each other. A whole bunch of them were taught by Emma Curtis Hopkins. She's the one right in the middle. And she's known in New Thought, and certainly in Unity, as the teacher of teachers, because she, she had such influence on so many people. You drop down to the next le level, you'll see Myrtle and Charles Fillmore, I'm gonna talk about them in a minute, and Emily Cady. And they're really the founders of unity, of which we are all a part. And the basic primary New Thought organizations right now are Unity, uh, Foundation for Better Living, Divine Science, and then Centers for Spiritual Living. All of those kind of currently function in the New Thought um, definition. Unitarians are over here. That was coming around at the same time, but a little different lane. And then Christian Science, same thing, little different lane. All right, you can take that off before people get dizzy. <laughs> Too late. So Unity did not start out as a church. It started out as a prayer group, affirmative prayer, as Jane so powerfully demonstrated this morning, and as a healing pathway. Myrtle Fillmore was had tuberculosis and was given a diagnosis of a few months to live, and she went to see a lecture, or to listen to a lecture by E.B. Weeks, and in that lecture he said something along the lines of, you are a child of God and you did not inherit, inherit illness, and she got it. It was one of those, oh, moments for her. It sank in, and she started telling herself that in a very profound way. Meanwhile, Charles, her husband, is like, what the heck is happening here? But he watched and he kind of came along and pretty soon she started having so much success with her own health and helping others achieve health that healing became a really foundational aspect of, of unity. Meanwhile, Charles and Myrtle both were lifelong students, what we call truth students in the movement, and they were constantly going to classes and teaching classes. That's how Unity got founded. And eventually, we got, um, they bought Unity Village, 
which actually I've been to. It's its own little municipality now in Missouri. It's kind of interesting and it's beautiful. Um, that was a little later on down the road. Now, Unity is very well known for its metaphysical approach to Bible studies, not a literal or historical approach, but what's the metaphysics? What are the, what are the teachings and the wisdom in this? And it's very much about the teachings of Jesus rather than the teachings about Jesus. There's some debate as to whether or not um, unity is a religion. I happen to have deep suspicion of all organized religion because of the crazy stuff that I went through as a child. And I don't think I would be standing up here as a ordained minister if I really felt that unity were a religion. I view it much more as a movement, the unity movement, the new thought movement. And recently, um, we've, we've, there's been some, we've had some branding issues happening with unity worldwide. How do we describe ourselves? And I think the thing that has really risen to the top, and it's right on our website, is that we are a positive path for spiritual living. That's kind of the, the um, gist of unity. There's a lot more to it. And I would like to note that I think one of the things I like best about New Thought is what it's not. Conventional, traditional religion, in my experience, has really hinged upon two evils, if you will. Absolutism and authoritarianism. Absolutism is it's my way or the highway approach to religion, right? You gotta do it this way. We've got it right and everybody else has got it wrong. That's the kind, of, kind of tenet that I was raised under. I reject that. Authoritarianism is the, is the, is the top-down command. You've got to go through someone else. We're going to tell you what's right and wrong and what to do and how to do it, and you need an intercessory to, to tell you how to actually get to know God. That's not what New Thought is at all. New Thought is not Christian science. It's not Scientology. It's not traditional, it's not heavy-handed, it's not fear-based, it doesn't tell people what to think or how to think, it aims to help us gain clarity in our thinking and gain agency over our thoughts and our own feelings. We don't tell you how to vote or endorse candidates, but we often do sometimes step up on an issue. Unity Worldwide has signed on many times, I, I serve on the um, worldwide Earth Care team, and Unity Worldwide has gotten behind, for instance, statements uh, in support of strong climate action, for example, or strong measures to protect the Earth and our environment. This is super important to me. New Thought does not believe in original sin. I happen to, th I'll put it right out there, I think the concept of original sin and the notion that God had to let its only child be tortured and die horrifically is one of the most awful things you can do psychologically to anyone. And there's been a lot of damage done that way. And a lot of us have had to do a lot of unlearning and healing. That's not what unity or new, new thought teaches. In fact, unity uses the word, um, the, kind of the original meaning of sin is an archery term. That means missing the mark. Our human journey is not about grinding it out here on earth, 
so that we can get to some out there heaven some point. New thought teaches that heaven is a state of mind and we can access it right here, right now. Yeah, yeah I like that. Here's some, of, here, here's some of what we do believe. That there is an allness, a oneness that is God. It's not some guy out there in the sky somewhere. There's a force, an allness, a, a life force, as Jane really languaged beautifully in the prayer at the start of this service, that is in and through all things. It's non-dualistic, meaning we're not separate from this God thing. We are extensions of it. All of creation is an extension of God, source, creator, Gus, whatever your word for it is. All beings are individualizations. Yes, we are individuated and we are unique, but we are still part of one. We are part of this one great spirit. We are ideas in divine mind. Isn't that a cool concept? Think about being an idea in the mind of the creator right now. It kind of makes sense if you think about the creator as the consciousness that is giving rise to everything, including you. It's a super cool concept, I think. That was revolutionary for me. For me. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. We view Jesus as a great teacher, as an exceptional example of someone who really dis rediscovered his divinity rather than as an unattainable exception, as many of us were raised to believe. The third real principle of new thought is that our thinking matters. The limiting stories and ideas that we all start to layer on as we move into these human journeys, they can make it appear that we are not connected to divine. We can lose our sense of our own divinity but we have the power absolutely in all moments to regain that, to release limiting thoughts and beliefs, to get beyond the confined concepts of who we are and what we're capable of. And another strong premise of new thought is that we are whole, absolutely whole as we are. There is a whole you that is here right now. You may be struggling outwardly, you may be hurting inwardly, and yet, what I would declare and invite you to open to, and yet, even with those struggles happening, there is a you that is a whole and sacred life still. And that's at your center. Now, unity specifically has five principles. Probably many of you have heard these. Um, the first is that there's only one presence and one power in and through all things. And that's God the good. The second is that our essence is of God, and therefore we are all inherently good. When we are doing ungood things, we are behaving, we are, we are letting our ego, our little human self, be in the driver's seat. But even as that's happening, at our essence, we are all unholy good. And we are co-creators with God's source, creator. We're creating reality through thoughts held in mind. Mind action is a significant thread that threads through all of Unity's teachings. We are strong adherents of affirmative prayer and meditation. And believe, it's not beseeching. We, that's tied directly and beautifully connected to mind action is this claiming affirmative prayer. Charles Fillmore once stated that prayer is the highest form 
of mind action. We're at our highest level when we're there. Our prayer is not about changing God's mind, it's about changing our own, right? Getting into alignment. And then action. I jump on this one a lot. I'm, I'm kind of a burr under the saddle pad to the unity worldwide people. Often it's like action, I want action, I want, a I want more action. I want our new thought movement to be more active on issues that I care about. But this is also about, it's not enough to just be a student and study. Unity very much teaches we gotta put these, we gotta put these principles into motion in our lives and, how, and our relationships and how we move through the world. So, this new thought movement, of which we are a part, was birthed in a time of upheaval and change, distrust in institutions, rapid technological breakthrough, and a huge social shift in our country. Does that sound familiar? Right? Does it sound like what we're feeling right now, perhaps? That pressure led to the emergence of an entirely new synthesis and application of spiritual understanding. It was an evolutionary step. Now, not only are we in a time of social upheaval in the United States right now, we're also facing ecological destabilization and the miracles of quantum science, right? We're in this place of tremendous new understandings in science and tech breakthrough, think AI, right? It's a crazy time, but it's not the first time that we've had such upheaval and change in the country and the world. Charles Fillmore, well, again, one of the founders of Unity, he was known to say variations of, this is what I believe, subject to change and evolve as I do. I love that. New thought is open at the top. If it's new thought, there has to continue to be room for new thinking. Right? Don't we think we need some new thinking in our world right now? More than, more than just about anything else? Yeah. yeah. Ernest Holmes is one of the other really important um, New Thought founders, and he's actually credited with being the founder of the Centers for Spiritual Living. And I want to read a quote of his. He said, The religion of the future will appear when religion gets over its superstition, Science gets over its materialism, and philosophy gets over its dualism. He went on to say, I'm going to read that again because I heard some uh-huhs. I'm going to read that again. The religion of the future will appear when religion gets over superstition, science gets over materialism, and philosophy gets over duality. Holmes went on to say, we, and he was speaking to people in the New Thought Movement, he went on to say, we are forerunners in a campaign of spiritual freedom, intellectual integrity, and emotional stability in a spiritual world. It is our privilege to take part in a new spiritual renaissance. I think that's what we're in right now. We are at another point of evolution in consciousness. We are its architects and its channels, we are, us. You know, it's the Dr. Seuss thing, if not you, who, right? We're here, we're, we're leaning into these teachings and this new way because we know we need a new way, we feel the call. The future is calling to us to birth something more beautiful than some of the trajectory 
that we have been on collectively. Just imagine how extraordinary our new New Thought movement might be. How incredible the next step in evolution of consciousness could be. You guys could be on a, ch a chart like that that I showed a couple decades down the road, right? Consciousness isn't constant evolution, new thinking, new ideas are popping up in divine mind that gets to then, get to then come through us, through our minds, into our world. I think it's a super exciting time to be alive, and I am so glad I get to be on this journey with all of you. Much love. <laughs>